everybody. Pastor Tim Carskatton here, Christian Center Shreveport. So glad you joined us today on our daily podcast. And we continue our emphasis on the war in Israel and how we must respond. One of the reasons we have to stand with Israel is because of the Word of God. And today we're going to lay out prophecies that declare Israel's right to the land. You need these talking points. They will give no sleep to their eyes until God establishes grace. There will be no peace in their nights until the Lord makes Jerusalem a praise. He has sworn it by his strength. to you today. Thanks for joining us as you, many of you, come each and every day to follow this platform. It is Wednesday, the 25th day of October 2023. Wow, it's hard to believe this month is coming to an end pretty soon, but we know that this is a critical month. Uh, It was all prophesied, the chaos, the calamity, the craziness uh, God for told us this would occur. So we're not surprised. We astonished sometimes, but surprised, no. And yesterday I shared with you uh, the importance of why we need to wake up the church uh, to be a voice in the earth right now. And now that the church we're seeing worldwide is divided on this issue of the war in Israel, Uh, Some are pro-Hamas, some are pro-Israel. You're seeing it both ways. I think even the pro-Israel people don't even know why they say they're pro-Israel other than, you know, it's the Holy Land and uh, we don't like Hamas. You know, you need to have something greater in your arsenal than that. You must understand why God selected this people, these people to rule that land. And um, hopefully today... get done. I'll do it today. If not, I'll finish tomorrow. Give you some things. I've been trying to share this before our congregation for several weeks, but just not been able to. So I thought I'd just use this platform to do that. Um, The word Israel, you know, is used over over, uh, 2,500 times in the Old Testament. Now, if another nation was mentioned that often, you would think, hey, that's pretty important, right? We should study that. So shouldn't we be good Bereans, good shouting church people, okay? Uh, Matthew 24, as I shared yesterday, shouting to awaken the church. And if people don't understand that that God set this nation apart and the people, uh, the Jewish people, to rule it, then they're not going to understand why they stand the way they stand, especially if they're a Christian standing as a pro-Hamas group. So you cannot understand the Bible, really, unless you know something about Israel. And if you're confused about it, you're confused about the Bible, ultimately. So in the New Testament, Israel occurs 79 times in the New Testament. It does. And it never once is a description of the church. And that's what replacement theology used that term for. They say, oh, the church has replaced Israel. Never once is it used that way. The word Jew occurs 84 times in the Old Testament and 192 times in the New Testament. 
On the other hand, the word Christian occurs only three times in the New Testament. So shouldn't we pay attention to the emphasis that God told the writers to use? In 1 Chronicles 17.21, it says, Who is like your people Israel, the one nation of the earth whom God went to redeem for himself, a people, to make for yourself a name by uh, name by great and awesome deeds by driving out the nations from before the people uh, whom you redeemed from Egypt. Now David is saying that there is no other nation whom God set out to redeem as a nation from another nation. I mean, he clearly declares that right now in Exodus 19, 6, and he says, and you shall become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We also know our grafting in. Peter and and John both talk about that in the New Testament, in the book of Peter, and also in the book of Revelation. And then, of course, we know what Romans 9 tells us here, that that we have been grafted into this place. Uh, and this, the patriarchs are the people of faith from Israel. Let's not forget that. And whom the flesh of the Messiah came from Christ came from that bloodline. And we can't deny that. Always use that term, guys, when you mention anybody, your Jewish Messiah. Make sure that the people you have conversations with recognize that you are serving a Jewish Messiah. And the fact that the book of the Bible was written almost exclusively by Jewish people. So the claim of the church that they're not pro-Israel is is mind-boggling when the very fact of the, the faith that they stand in is the Bible that was written by and for the Jews for the most part until we got grafted in. So this is a scene of heaven when John is there, the scroll he's presented, sealed with seven seals, right? No one's able to open the, open the scroll, open the seals, and John revelator began to weep bitterly because uh, he so longed to see what was inside the sealed scroll we read that in the book of revelation and then revelation 5 5 it says and then one of the elders said to me do not weep behold the lion of the tribe of judah the root of david has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals that this was many years after the death and resurrection of christ he is still called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It is from Judah that we get the word Jew, Judah. That's how you'd say it in some languages. So many years later, in heaven, after his resurrection and ascension, he's still called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Not only was he a Jew, he still is a Jew. <laughs> you need to put that in your theological oven there and cook it, all right? And one day that lion's going to roar and woe to the enemies of the Jewish people. When the lion of the tribe of Judah roars, I wouldn't want to be against him. No way. Uh, anytime in any way for any reason. See, the most important statement made about the Jewish people is in John chapter four, verse 22. And this is where he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. And he says to the Samaritan woman, you Samaritans worship what you do not know, but we know what we worship. The salvation is of the Jews. We can't deny that. Salvation is of them. We better remember that, dear brothers, sisters. Listen to me. 
we better conduct ourselves accordingly. Every one of us who is blessed in Christ Jesus owes our spiritual blessings to this one nation, the Jewish people that run that nation. I'm not talking about the government. I'm not talking about military. I'm talking about the covenant people. And the terrible fact of history is that many, many centuries, 17 centuries probably, uh, rather than humbling ourselves and acknowledging our debt to these people, basically the Christian church, I wouldn't say true Christians, but the Christian church has opposed, persecuted, made ridicule of the Jewish people, the people through whom our salvation has come. That's what the word says. It's monstrous. It's huge. There's hardly any words that we can find to describe how awful that situation is. We owe our whole salvation to them for their faithfulness to carry the word. Their whole history was foretold in prophecy. And that's not true of any other nation. Can't say that. But the whole history of the Jewish people and from Abraham onward was foretold in the prophecies in the Bible. Okay, I'm going to pause there because this is where I want to focus. That's kind of the introduction mm-hmm. of what I want you to focus on here. Um, I, I want you to start understanding these prophecies that, that sustain but also reinforce why that land is so important. It is a small strip of land, and if you're an American, maybe Rhode Island, it's a small strip of land. But it is very important to God. It was like a tithe God had in the earth. And he wanted to say, it's for my own people, from, for people that I, I've chosen to run it, but for my own namesake, that it, it'd be exalted in the earth. So there are, there are quite a few prophecies. Let's go through some of them. Here's one. And, and we could give script reverence to each one of these, uh, but time is not going to allow me to do that. The first three were all given to Abraham. The prediction, their enslavement in Egypt. Number one and two, their deliverance with wealth from Egypt. And remember, Abraham was told that they would come out with much possession. They'd been slaves, and in one night, one period of 24 hours, they became wealthy with the wealth of the Egyptians. A remarkable fact predicted before the possession of the land was even predicted to Abraham. So think about how precise that was that that happened uh, that way. Deuteronomy and the other books uh, will declare that, but they tell us other prophecies. Another one, number four here, is that they would turn to idolatry in the promised land that was clearly predicted and certainly fulfilled. And this is a big argument right here because the word tells uh, through the prophecy to Abraham that this would occur. And so, you know, and I, I think that's the beauty of God that he foreknows what we're going to do. It's not that he ordains it, but he does it. And then he does what I call, I don't want to call it, it belittles it, but a workaround. That he factors in, as I always say, he factors in our stupidity. He factors in that we are fallen men and that we need his grace to make it. And that's what the beauty of us finding our dependency beyond on the Lord, because without him, we could not make it. So those, those are the first four. 
basically. And if we keep moving along, uh, probably not going to finish today. But these are some of the prophecies that are very important, that God would establish a center of worship in Jerusalem, the Tabernacle of David. The whole passion of what we're doing in intercession was established that it would be a center of worship, that Jerusalem would become the praise in all the earth. It would be his city of gold. And that's one of those prophecies. And, and that's, what it, that's why we are fighting over that territory, especially that city, because why? Satan knows it's the seat of worship. And so when we pray for Israel, we pray for the establishment. When we stand with Israel, we're standing for Jerusalem to become a praise in all the earth, okay? Another one is, is the northern kingdom called Israel would be carried into captivity in Assyria. And, and these are important to understand that God foresaw what was going to happen. And then later the southern kingdom called Judah would be carried into captivity to Babylon. He prophesied all this stuff because he knew it would all happen and he provided a way for them to come back to the Lord. So this is why Egypt, this is why Assyria, uh, uh, the Persian people, and so forth, you know, they, they were used, the Lord uses the enemy to rescue a people. They were, because they were destroying themselves with their idolatry and their wickedness in the land, he had to put them in captivity, and so that became their saving grace place where they got saved from destruction. So you can understand that. Sometimes when you get put in a bind, you know, why do I have to be here? Why do I have to live in this city? What? Maybe that's that place of grace God has for you to keep you in the will of God. Another one is the destruction of the first temple was prophesied and that one would be built by Solomon was predicted, prophesied in detail. Look, my point in all these prophecies is if God went to that much detail to prophesy, tell us everything that was going to happen, what was going to happen to them in the future and how they were going to come back. He, and we'll get that tomorrow. I'm going to run out of time. How he prophesied they will come back. That's why we stand because this is how much God loves them and how much he cared about them and had so much detail to get them where they're supposed to be. And to this day, to this day, God has been faithful to every word. And another prophecy was that a small remnant would have returned from Babylon. That was prophesied. And so there they are. They're back. And they came back, I should say. And it was the starting of the building, of the rebuilding of the walls, the Zerubbabel, Ezra, the whole passages about the, the God restoring what he had promised them before. So he still has a future for them. We'll get into the future tomorrow. Okay, Father, Lord, I thank you today for this team that's going to stand with Israel, covenant Israel. It's going to stand with the Jewish people who you covenant with to fulfill these prophecies. In detail, Lord, you showed us today of what you would do, would do for them and you're doing for them. Father, I pray a blessing upon them right now. In the name of Yeshua, I speak life, life, life over the nation of Israel. And may this company, the 318 company, be warriors to fight for what you prophesied and what, what you want to see happen in the end of the day, end of the age. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for this. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, thanks for listening each and every day here on our Daddy Podcast from Christian Center Report here in Louisiana. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments or you'd like to uh, ask for prayer or anything, you can go to our app for sure, 
We take prayer requests there. We pray for you. Don't forget, you can always write us an email, info at christiancentershreveport.com. That's our website. And you can give there. You can find all that we're doing there. Our app is a more applicable place to go because we put more information on that, as well as much media content as we can put up so that you'll have resources to navigate through this season. Thank you, each and every one of you, for sowing and praying and standing with us. And may God bless you and may his strength be upon you in the days ahead. Shalom, shalom. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys.